All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Breaks Radio. It's your boy, CEO Hayes, in the building. Mary should be here soon, but right now I do have my co-host, uh, Baylor the Greatest in the building. What's going on, bro? What's good, man? Another day, another dollar. Yeah, that is absolutely true, man. I um, it's. <laughs> what do you think of this shit? I know this isn't on our list, man, of, of Diddy dating Steve Harvey's daughter. I was... I just talked to my wife about that because uh, I was like, well, the Hot Girls is down by 43 and a fourth quarter. She said, nah, not with uh, Steve Harvey's daughter dating the uh, the moneymaker. She went from the money from the money uh, receiver to the money getter. Or the, you know, and yeah. I was like, well, that's true, but that's only one. That's only one. Um, yo, Diddy is... That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, at least... At least at least he ain't. At least he ain't on this Ari Kelly. At least he waiting till they get that BA. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. At least he ain't on that. Did you? Did you? Speaking of, we're gonna get to the topics that we have planned. Did you hear about Paul Walker was dating a 16 year old when he died? <laughs> hey, I. You know, I don't understand what's going on. I don't. I. You know, I can't explain it. I can't relate. Definitely can't relate. Can't explain it. It's crazy. That's wild, man. That is that is absolutely wild. I I don't I don't get what's wrong with people, and it's always celebrity. Like, why do they get away with this shit, man? Like, ah, I don't know if it's the money. Uh, I don't know. Well, let's let's you start checking. These, you got to start checking these cats' background, man. Yeah, really, yeah, how they was raised. That's true. But f- man, let's get into these topics for this week, man. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. First one, unfortunately, is not a funny or light topic at all. So we had mass shootings in Dayton, Ohio, which is an hour from me. I have a lot of family that lives in Dayton, actually. And then also El Paso, uh, both on the early morning Sunday. I think El Paso was Sunday, too, I believe. Maybe it was Saturday uh-huh. night. Um, and over the course of these two shootings, I believe it was almost 30 people that lost their lives. Uh, about 72 that were injured, if not more. What What do you think of this? The, oh, and just to throw out some statistics there. Um, as of right now, there have been m- more mass shootings than number of days in the year. Just only four, only four or five major ones have been reported, but there have been more incidents of someone shooting into a crowd of people than days that there have been so far in 2019. What do you think, Baylor? Yet and still, we don't have a solution um, how to handle this. And I don't even think it's that. It's, it's the fact that I don't, I don't understand how our government. It, it, basically sitting on their thumbs uh okaying for open gun law you know open carry or whatever it's called uh we can't carry guns out here in open that's for sure yeah um it's a sad situation man it is you know you being a parent i'm being a parent you know um my my daughter is going we, we're finally about to put my daughter into school and i'm having anxiety about that um we we recently came from a Fourth of July, um, you know, you know Fourth of July celebration, and it was a couple. Of, it was a couple of days before the Fourth of July, and the whole time I was at the park, the first thing that I I thought of when we got there was, I just I just didn't feel good. I just felt like something was going to happen, and recently they just showed the video today. I just seen a video today, 
uh, in New York. I think it was at Times Square, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a motorcycle that backfired or, or started up or something like that. And people started to run. And this is the world we live in now yeah. to where a car can backfire or a motorcycle can go off and people just scatter because of because of our history. And it's our history, though. Yeah, and it's <coughs> sorry. But, yeah, it's getting to the point now where. You're never safe. Like, you always have to keep your head on the swivel. You always have to look at and watch out for your surroundings. Like, you can't go to the park and feel safe. Uh, you can't even go to the movie theater because a couple years ago we had that person who unloaded in the movie theater. Like, you, you're Yo, not. What, what was that, in Arizona? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, you're, you're just not safe anywhere. And, you know, especially with racial tensions being what they are in this country and they just keep getting worse and worse and the divide just keeps growing more and more, it's, it's, we're, we're and, I, and I said this on my solo podcast like I didn't, don't mean it to be dramatic at all but it truly feels like we're getting to the end of days bro like just real talk yeah. Yeah. and and yeah. and it's like when you when you can't even let yourself feel safe in sending your kids to school it's 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 a problem yeah yeah and and like you said uh like you said there were plenty more that what that wasn't reported um so I don't know. It, it has me thinking like, well, back in the day, was this stuff going on and we just didn't know about it because of social media or was just life a little bit, you know, a little bit more calmer back then Yeah, for this this year. And this isn't to get political, but just this year, there have been more mass shootings than the first four years that Obama was in office combined. Uh, so just let that sit in. That's numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, and and. Everyone out there listening, man, keep your family safe. Really, really pay attention. If you see somebody who looks uh, suspicious, get the hell out of there. Don't try to engage them because, the, uh, like, at this point, you just need to keep your families and your people safe, man. And it, it sucks that this is where we're going to um, in this country. But facts are facts, and you and you can't you can only ignore them too long before you become a statistic yourself. So you, I don't want to see anyone just ignoring what's really happening around here and then end up getting caught slipping. Yeah, I mean, because right now we have to keep our head on. A, it's a football term that we use. You have to keep your head on the swivel. Uh, when you go to a movie theater, when you go to the mall, when you go to a restaurant, when you go to whatever religion you're a part of and, and, and whatever building you go to serve, you have to keep looking around. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I've, I've been to the movies a couple of times this year, and the first thing that pops in my head is where's the exit at? You know what I mean? Because that's the type of world we live in now. Wow, bro. But let's move on to more positive news. Let's try to pick the energy back up. ASAP Rocky has been released from prison. We've talked about this in our last two episodes, just various things going on. Released, already sitting for his first live performance after his release. Um, what do you make of this, man? Well, I mean, look, I'm glad he's out. I'm glad he's out. Who got him out, though, Hayes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. <sighs> I don't even want to say it, man. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, I don't know if that picture was real or not, but, you know, Aesop came back, and he was in a car full of women, and they didn't happen to be, yeah. 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 It, yeah. Yeah. it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look at all. But, I mean, at least he's out, though. Yeah. What? Do, so what do you think the lesson that you hope other rappers, other artists get out of this? You know what? I mean, looking back at the video uh, again, 
I'm not gonna say I I'm not gonna say I didn't understand why he you know why his actions um why he chose those actions I while while this guy is in office you got to be careful when you when you outside of uh your home your home country you just got to be careful yeah. you got to be you got you got to be aware of what's going on in your surroundings and things like that you might have to beef up some more security shout out to future you might have to have you know you might have a little bit more security um yeah i mean i don't know man i don't know i don't even think this is i don't this this story is not that much better than the first one yeah i mean it's you i mean you said it in in the president that we have now everyone if you're out of the country or the year if they know you're american you're a fucking target more times than not yeah and and you know i think that that's always been true to a degree in foreign countries but right now it's even more so um and so if you're traveling abroad just make smart decisions like Try to avoid it. I always defend yourself if you have to, but if you can avoid confrontation, do it. Because if you, it, they're they're going to point the finger to you just off being American. It seems like, and I grew up in foreign countries, so me saying that kind of pains me. But at the end of the day, it's true, and everybody has to be safe. And again, to kind of go back to what we talked about before, you got to be aware of your surroundings and your situations. And if you're in a foreign country, the situation you need to be focused on is that you're possibly public enemy number one while you're there yeah i think it's one of those situations where not only do you have to understand your surroundings but you gotta think about what's going on before you even get to that point you know what i'm saying if you know if you're if you plan on uh taking a a vacation or if you're performing or if it's even work and you're going outside of the country you got to think about this before you even get on the plane that's true well let's move on uh I feel like we got we got to bring it up. So let's talk about Ooh. some foolishness. So there have been two lists that have made their way around. The Here first go, one, Hayes. the first one was a top fifty uh, <laughs> greatest rappers of all time list. We'll talk about this one. There was an RB one also, but so what set everyone off here? Number one, Jay Z. Number two, Nas. Okay. Some people won't have an argue with that, but it starts getting kind of kind of funky right after that. Joe Budden, <laughs> Joe Budden was number three on this list. Yo, and, can we Google how many mentions did Buttons get when that list came out? And it caught fire extremely fast. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, too, is that I'm a Joe Budden fan. Like, I would go on to say that Joe Budden has a classic album. That's uh-huh. period point blank. I believe that he does. And it, um, All Love Lost, I think, is the one, is the one, or Rage Against the Machine. Um, I get those the content of those two backwards, but either way, Joe Joe Button has a, has a classic album in my opinion. There is no way in hell that I will put Joe Button above Big, above Pac, ab- above Rakim. Like Joe Button number three on this list before J. Co- so look, all right, I'll finish it off. Which you, when you look at the second half of the list, first of all, LL Cool J is number forty six. That's the first name I searched for. And I'm going to tell you why. Me, personally, when I think of hip-hop, I think of LL Cool J first. Yeah. Not the, not as one of the best lyricists. He doesn't have a, a, a lot of classic albums. But when I think of the Mount Rushmore, when I think of hip-hop, I think of LL Cool J. He happened to be number 46. I paid no attention to it after that. I did see Snoop at 34. I seen Lupe at Lu, I seen Lupe Fiasco at number 20. I'm not a Lupe Fiasco fan at all, but he's at number 20. And then we got Alex Cube at 39. I said, come on, man. Come on, man. 
Man, this I feel, list. I, I feel like I feel like somebody create. I feel like somebody created the list, not in order, and just kept pressing random, 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 and just stopped. Like they just kept pressing random until they was like, "Yeah, this will piss people off a little bit." Yeah, and then like Lloyd Banks, like don't get me wrong, Lloyd Banks had his <laughs> moment. He's had his mixtapes, but a top fifty rapper of all time. We got to get at least 200 deep before I even k- contemplate putting Lloyd Banks on the greatest rapper Ooh-wee. list, bro. 200 deep. <laughs> hey, it a, but it was a lot of Lloyd Banks fans in there saying, look, we, we're not tolerating any Lloyd Banks uh, Bank slander. Again, I am a Lloyd Banks fan, but I got to be realistic. Bro, Lloyd Banks is not a top 50 rapper of all time, bro. Yeah, I don't think now, so I, either. I, and the thing with Lloyd Banks is, is that Lloyd Banks had the technical ability as a rapper and a lyricist. I honestly think if he was not on G-Unit, his whole career would have been different. Oh, my God. Every rapper, if he would have just went to Def Jam. Yeah. If he would have just went to Jam, I would have been cool with that. Yeah. So, like, and, and the fact that he's now off, uh, off G-Unit, and no one's going to care about Lloyd Banks' music. And he had his moment. Um, but, you know, to put him on the top 50 list, bro, is just, I don't know, man. Maybe my 200 was was exaggerated, but he does not deserve to be top 50, bro. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, but that's the least of the, of the problems about this list. We have, I just named three names that's, I mean, historical in hip hop history, which is LL Cool J, uh, Ice Cube, and Snoop Dogg, and these are all—I mean, you got you got Snoop at 34, you got Ice Cube at 39, you got LL Cool J at 46. That is an issue. Yeah. Because I think those three names alone got to at least be in the top 15. Killer Mike before Ice Cube, Cam before Ice Cube, bro. When when we get to the second list. This is what this is what gets oh. my blood pressure up because I really love R and I really love R and B. Yeah, I love and, and R&B. something that we're gonna try to cover more and more uh, as this goes on. But so this top fifty R and B of the last thirty years. I'm glad that they put that rather than all time. But even then, this list is still bullshit. So you got Michael Jackson number one. I'm not mad. Not not mad. Beyonce number. Well, first it says R Kelly number two. Scribbled out Beyonce. Um. I'm not mad, but but no, I disagree. Exactly. I can understand if that was somebody's uh-huh. list. I don't agree, but I can understand. Here's uh-huh. here's where the fuckery starts. There we Again go. at number three, Drake at number three. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> so Drake is before Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Usher, Luther Vandross, Mary J. Blige, Chris Brown, Aaliyah, Brian McKnight, Casey and JoJo, Boys to Men, Bro, come on. <laughs> Do they not know who Whitney is? Whitney could be technically number two. Yeah. Come on, man. Oh. Can you find future name? Because it pissed me off. Wait, man. future's hey, on here? Future's on that list. I seen future Oh, name. future's number three. What the hell? I mean, number 13. Wow. The weekend. Come on. Out of here. Out of here. T-Pain. He like Lloyd Banks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Lloyd Banks. He might gotta go like top top one one fifty. Justin Bieber. <laughs> Yo, he's not R and B. That's pop. Justin Bieber is number thirty four on this list, bro. And don't get me wrong, 
Justin Bieber can actually sing, but the type of music he makes is not R and B. Yo, if we doing the top top uh, fifty most talented artists of all time, he's on that list. I can. He's agree very with that. Ta- he's very talented. I can agree with that. But he's on here before Babyface. Yeah, yeah. Trey Songs number thirty six. Bobby Brown number thirty five. Omarion number forty seven. Out of here. <laughs> Jill Scott number forty eight. Bro, Jill, Jill, Jill Scott. Let's. I mean, let's talk about that for for a little bit. Where Where are we putting Jill Scott at, though? Realistically, Jill Is Scott she top top fifteen, top fifteen. I would say top twenty five. Oh, okay. There I we go. Say top I, was say to, I was gonna say top twenty. Yeah, yeah. De- de- definitely for me in the top twenty five. I'd have to sit down and make my list and really spend some some days thinking about it and listening. Um, to to figure out exactly where she would fall at, but I can I can definitely say I think she'll fall in the top twenty five for me. I could dig that. Yeah, bro, this list is wild. Smokey, oh, last thirty years. I was say Smokey Robinson did not make this list. This last thirty years, so that makes sense. That's wild, bro. I say fuck it. We got to make our own list next week. This okay. I mean, but this is what we go through. Yeah, this is what it is, and we allow it. Yeah, but the fact that Drake is on here before Sade is 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 blasphemy, bro. Somebody needs to get stabbed in the throat. Yo, you know, what pisses me off is Drake is on both lists. <laughs> he is. That's funny. Um, my thing is so so Baylor, just just as a and again, we'll probably make more of a list, but who do you think? Knee jerk reaction, not really spending some time too much time breaking it down. You you're number one R and B artist of the last thirty years. And that's why even Michael Jackson being on here for the last thirty I would have to I guess I guess thirty years would 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 do, but what who do, who do you think uh, would be excluding MJ and um and Stevie Wonder? Yeah, yeah excluding the girls. Oh shit! I think Joe makes it right. Oh, Joe has to make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had, I personally I had I had Joe um, before, during, and after the scandal. Uh, I have Joe over R. Kelly. Oh okay. I like Joe way better than R. Kelly. That makes sense. I um. See, R. Kelly's music is so, like, and this is the funny thing about music. Maybe we can get into a a more full-fledged discussion on this one day. It's like with music, how much of it is it feels classic to you because it just got more radio play? Because you heard it more? And then how much of it is is it just the music itself? Because I think R. Kelly, I, I won't take anything away from him minus the scandal as far as his music creation. But at least for me growing up where I lived, R. Kelly was on the radio all the goddamn time. Joe wasn't as much. So I wonder how much does that play into people automatically thinking that R. Kelly's a better artist than Joe overall? Well, me personally, I like the B-side tracks more than the uh, singles. Okay. And so, I I mean, you have to listen to the whole complete albums to, you know, to, you know, to, 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 to judge them. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to give that guy any credit. Um, but it's a it's a it's a fair fade between the two. I just I just felt Joe music better. I mean, between Joe, between Joe, uh, Stevie Wonder, uh, those are the cats that taught me how to talk to women. You know how to express myself to women. True, makes sense. It makes sense. So we'll we'll break that down. We'll give it some some time. We'll hopefully we'll have Mary back. Um, who actually just so you know, Baylor Mary. Actually texted me her son had to get an emergency tooth pulled. She won't be on this week's episode. Okay. So, yeah. um, but the last topic before our first break, NF, who is considered a Christian rapper, beat out Chance the Rapper for the number one rap album. What do you make of this? 
I've never heard of NF. Really? No. NF is dope. Like as okay, a, as well, a, as a lyricist, as a wordsmith, he's dope, bro. Well, that's that's I got some homework. Yeah. I got some homework, but I will say this: I did listen to Chance uh, Project, and uh, I could successfully say I didn't like it at all. But a lot of people didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot I think, of people were disappointed with it. Yeah, I think I think that, and this is one of those things where like ha- taking taking so much time to get to to album can either work for you or work against you, because people mm-hmm. can be anticipating so much that they're just happy to get music from you that they think that it's it may come off better than what it is. Longevity for longevity's sake, but when people are anticipating something like they were for Chance the Rapper, they wanted a classic album from Chance. Yeah, this yep. is not this was not it at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you're right because we had that same we had that same feeling for Nas. Yeah, the past the past couple of well, well, I will say the past year he's put out two albums within a year, right, Nas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had, the, he had, within, he had at, the seven tracks. Yeah, at least a year and a half, if not a full year. But yeah, I mean, between Nasir and and Lost Tapes, it had only at most been a year and a half, and I think it's probably mm. under that. So, right, right, right. And I can and I can say we could uh, we can agree that he he probably disappointed a lot of people, maybe. Yeah, and I and I I wonder if if he's disappointed. And the thing that I try to watch with artists is how they react to the reaction to their music. Because if he if he seems disappointed himself, I think we'll get a better album the next time. If he takes that mindset of no, y'all are just listening to it wrong, then it's gonna it's gonna be telling for the rest of his career for me, in my opinion. You know what we have to do though. To be fair, I think we have to go out there and ask uh, some full fledged, full throttle Chance fans. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I don't dislike him. I'm just not a fan. So what were they actually looking for? You want you want my hot take on Chance the Rapper? There you go. Let's go. Other than Ultra Light Beams, I have not been impressed with a verse from Chance the Rapper ever. A verse? A verse. That's just me. I know that's not the common feeling on Chance the Rapper. Now, that doesn't mean that I didn't like some of his songs. That doesn't mean that I didn't I didn't f- thoroughly enjoy some of his music. But as a rapper, I don't for me Chance has never been never gotten better than Ultra Light Beams. Damn. Mm. I, you know what? I, does he have one of those? Uh, does he have some stands? He has a uh, he has a few, but I don't even think he has like a like a Drake level fan or whatever. He, I don't think he has those level stands. At least that not that I've run into. But there are people. There are people who really thought that Chance was the next the next guy up, and he's not. There's been nothing for me to show me that Chance is 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 anything more than a he's going to give you some bops. And that's it for me. I'm sorry. Mm. So I, I guess we're just looking forward to his singles, then, huh? That that's that's uh, and I, his commercials. Yeah, and uh, look, and don't get me wrong. Chance is a creative dude. I enjoy I enjoy Chance the person. Um, I just I think he plays it safe, bro. And it, and that uh. that I I really I really do. I think he doesn't get experimental. I think that he got his attention for what for what coloring book, and I feel like. He, he that capped him like mentally. I feel like they're, 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 that's that's all we're gonna get from Chance at this point. Now maybe maybe the response to this album changes that, but up until this point, that's how I've, I've never been excited for Chancellor as a rapper, as an artist. All right, he can give me some. He can he can give me some stuff that I, that I'll that I'll fuck with. But there, there, you'll never catch me being overly excited for a Chance project ever. Well, well, let's give him one more. 
How about that? Okay. Yeah, that's and we'll that's give, fair. We'll I can give him that. Yeah, yeah I, that, that's fair. We'll see how he bounce. The bounce back to this is going to be, like I said, is going to be telling for the rest of his career for me personally. If you guys disagree with that, let me know. The listeners, feel free, give it to me. But I, I got to see something from him, bro. I got to see. Something. But hey, but you know, but you know what? And this, I'm not saying this in his defense, but we're harsh critics, though. That's, you yeah, you want to know yeah, why? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure you don't even have to tell me your top ten. Um, Hip hop or R and B, but I know that seventy to eighty percent of the cast that you have in both categories got classic albums lined up. Yeah, froze there for a second, but yeah, definitely, definitely they got classic albums, and you know, I and I'll admit that, and I and I say that I am a harsh critic, especially of rap. I'm uh, my musical taste for rap. I understand that I'm especially for artists nowadays. I'm harsh. So I try to I try to realize that no one almost no one is going to get a 10 for me. It's unattainable almost for me for what I look for in rap music. So like you give me a solid 8 or what I feel is an 8 8 and a half and I'm and I'm a loyal fan. I rock with you. Chance isn't that for me. Yet. Uh, yet. Yeah. We're going to give him one more though. We'll give him one more. But uh anything left on that before we get into our first break, Baylor? No, Chance, you just got to chance it. <laughs> Take a chance on Chance. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast. podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. All right, Bella. So we're back and I uh, came across this and I just figured it would be a good one. A uh, good topic to kind of break down and, and and talk about. So Rick Ross said that 50 Cent doesn't have any value in music anymore. And he went on to say that um, if he was still making music like he was before, uh, I think he mentioned Hater to Love It with Game. He was like, it's still bops. If he was still making music like this, I would work with him. He's not. Do you think like and we we respect I think on, on, on this podcast, we've mentioned 50 as a businessman in his ventures. We respect that. But does 50 Cent have any 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 value in music anymore? You know what? Ross got a point because uh, what was the last project that he put out that we was like, this is decent, yeah. you know? I mean, even even the Power of Soundtrack, eh, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, Ross, and Ross is the one to criticize him because Ross is the only artist that actually went toe-to-toe with him and actually win. You know, and and Ross has great production as yeah. well. So uh, I and the the crazy thing is, I, I wish I would have listened to the project. I haven't listened to Rick Ross project. Um, so because someone asked me earlier, based off of the the rant I'm gonna go on later, who has the better catalog, Rick Ross or Fifty Cent? And I say, that's a tough one right there. That's a very that's a very good one, um, but I would love to I, I would love to see Rick Ross and Fifty do a uh, do a track together just like I would want to see Drake and Pusha T. And I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah. I would love to see that. 
but I, I I also see the jabs, and you know, Fifty is too petty. Um, he's too petty and he's too stubborn to to just say, you know what, let bygones be bygones. Uh, let's get back in the studio. And then you know, Fifty got he got bigger projects uh, right now to be dealing with than than music. So I can see him losing, you know, losing that, you know, using losing that style a little bit, and and the style that he had is probably a little bit played out. Yeah, and I think that G Unit marked like Fifty's whole thing, that whole and Eminem, like that that kind of whole collective was a piece in hip hop history that is kind of special because they people say that G Unit brought, brought gangster rap back. I fight that all the time. I don't think it was gangster rap, um, but they 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 lived in a bubble to where they completely affected me. Like it didn't matter what else was coming around them at the time. When somebody from Shady G Unit or uh, Aftermath drop. I think they had a span of like eight straight platinum albums. They lived in a bubble, but uh-huh. music changed right after them. So they yes. kind of marked the end of an end of an era. And and I can understand why this generation doesn't hold them in the same regard as we did back then because music is completely different now. And some some artists from back then were able to adapt. We talk about Jay Z. Ross is yep. one of one of those. He came kind of right at the end, but Ross has adapted. Um, but fifty was they, they the way that they made music. It wasn't able to adapt to the ears that listen to rap nowadays, and that's okay. And fifty's uh-huh. moved on to some great things from then. So when the, to answer the question, does fifty have value in music anymore? I don't think he does. But that's okay because he's adapted in ways outside of music to make himself still a successful businessman. Right, and I and I and and to add to your point, that's the thing. What what Ross what. What Ross is saying is that I'm still out here on the court with these young fellas and I'm still getting it in. Yeah. Whereas 50, not so much. So when you come back, what are you going to come back with? Yeah. You got to, yeah. you got to have a tune up. Yeah. I mean, and, and we say that and if 50 comes out with some music that we really rock with, all right, more power to him. If he can adapt or, or do something, but what was the really last big 50 cent song? I get money. Oh, and I was just thinking that in my head. The yeah. remix for sure. Oh yeah. That was really it. And even that was different for him than what he was making at the beginning of his career, but he wasn't able to keep that going. So I mean and and it's okay. People really judge or will call somebody out for it. But the heights that fifty reach were only reached. He has the most the second most successful rap album of all time. Give that man his just due. It's okay if he if he if he isn't for this generation. It's okay. Right. So, right. But let's move on to something outside the world of music. And this one is, and, and I, I put this on here because I really thought it would be interesting to talk about. Um, but Afton Williamson uh, leaves the rookie after uh, alleged sexual harassment. Uh, she said she, she was sexually harassed and her hair and everything. Like anyone who doesn't watch the rookie, it's basically based off this um, this this older cop, become, well, not, this older man becomes a rookie cop. Uh, I forgot the Nathan Fillion. I believe is the actor's name. Um, and she was his partner in this show. Um, I watched the pilot. I didn't watch anything since then, so I can't really speak on the, the quality of the show itself. But what do you think that, what does this mean for the culture that a black woman leaves? Well, she was the second billing on the show over over being sexually harassed. Do you think this turns more eyes to what black women go through in the in the industry? Or does, is this going to kind of get swept under the rug in a month? from now no i mean this might this might move some things right now uh-huh. um so you said you've seen the pilot i haven't seen the show at all so i don't know how many seasons that it has 
I believe this was the first season. This, oh, this now year. that's that's real major then. Yeah. That's real major. You know what I mean? Because if this show takes off like it's you know like they planned it too, uh, she won't be returning. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like it's the same. They're in the same boat with. I wouldn't say the same boat because, like I said, it has to be a hit before. Um, before anything and i was going to bring up the shy where that took off that's a great that's a great show and it's going to lose a key character uh like you said she was second uh i mean you know we're going to see how much the media gets behind this but i think i think as long as she speaks up and things like that we're going to see in the future what other roles she get I think that's going to be big. So, you know, we'll see. And she's good. Ava DuVernay, Tyler Perry, somebody's going to put her to make, is going to make her whole. Like, it's it's going to bring this around. Like, um, and and it's good that she spoke up because, I mean, what, we're in the middle of the Me Too movement. How many actresses have now, have spoken up about things that happened 20, 30 years ago that they just didn't speak about because that was just how Hollywood was at this point. This, I think, can be one of those things where people aren't standing for this shit anymore. And I'm glad, for one, that it was a black woman who stood up and said, you know what? Fuck the money. I'm out of the show. I'm not comfortable. I'm gone. Yo, not only that, though, you you bringing up 20, 30 years ago, what about the last couple of years? You know, what about the yeah. what about the the up-and-coming actresses that's, that's coming up and things like that that we just don't know about? Yeah, true. So, I mean, uh, yeah, and like I said, I, I didn't see anything in the show for me that made me... A, I'm harsh on cop dramas in general, so like if it's not SVU, I really don't watch it. So I don't want to say anything about the quality of the show, but it, it, it I hope that she gets cast next. I hope it's in something big. Um, she's a beautiful woman, so um, I really hope that you know it, it keeps, keeps moving forward for her, but more attention needs to be paid to this, and uh, I hope that the media really gives this the same thing as if it was... I, I don't know the big like if if Jennifer Lawrence said something like this, I hope that they give that same energy to her bringing this to life. Mm-hmm. So got you on that one. Yeah, we're gonna take our last break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna end it on uh something that that's gonna cause us to think a little bit. Um, we'll be right back after this. Yo, this your boy Floor Seven Hundred. What's good, everybody? It's your guy Fresco, and we are the, the podcast, podcast brothers. Dig? Yeah. Hey, what is our show about? Actually, our show is about a little bit of everything, man. It's not just one thing, but it's a little bit of this. Right. It's a like a little oh. bit of that. Oh my goodness, no. You like that song? No, not from you. What song is that? I don't know. It don't matter. It. it doesn't matter what song that is. <laughs> well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers. Kicking the shit. Real life real, brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. And if no. you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for a healthy debate. It makes for good dialogue. And it keeps the interest and the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the podcast brothers is dead. You did. Chill. All right, Baylor. So... I know we have a surprise topic after this, but the last one that we have on our list today, uh, Lauren Hill apologized for being Lauren Hill, and she was late to a performance in Scotland. Um, we can talk about that if you want to, but I mean that—that's—that's that's to be expected for Lauren Hill. Yo, hey, yo! If y'all still going to her shows, then yeah. she's not showing up until two or three hours after the start time. That's on y'all now. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not paying. I would not pay to see. Like, if she was like on. Like the billing for a concert of like Missy Elliott and she just happened to be on there. All right, fine, but I'm not paying a ticket specifically to see Lauren Hill, ever. Nah, I'm not nah. doing. It. Let, hey, at this point, it's like you either donate money or just giving it away. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's wild. Um, but what ultimately, what do you think is Lauren Hill's legacy? Um, because I mean, she had what is widely considered a classic album with her first solo album, and then she's disappeared. And almost everything since then has been a string of unprofessionalism. Like it's just <laughs> been jokes. So what do you, what do you think Lauren's musical le- legacy is? And it's funny because on that uh, that MC list that we talked about before, she was listed on there as one of the greatest MCs of all time. But what do you think her her legacy ultimately is, man? Yo, doesn't it seem like her legacy is like a myth at this point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what? The sad part is, um, I think if I think if she would have went a different route in her career. Uh, maybe maybe social media was just a little too late uh, when when she started. I think she would have been. I think she would have been bigger than Beyonce. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so because even now we're talking about you know her still missing our you know two hours late coming up to her concert two hours late and she has a cult like following that's complaining. She still have a lot of fans out there and I think that. Um, if she just would have stayed on track and of course life happens, uh, she probably had a lot of personal things going on and, uh, you know, dealing with the, the industry and things like that. I think she would have been bigger than Beyonce. Wow. That's deep. That's, and the, the funny thing is that I can't argue that at all, because really when you look at it, if she would have focused in and delivered, even if she would have delivered another, just one more album, like the quality of the miseducation of Lauryn Hill, like yeah it's she sings raps performances like lauren hill at one point had everything uh-huh. where that went is just wild to me um i think ultimately like her legacy is like she is the music version of derrick rose Ooh, that's cold right what okay i give you that i'll give you that i i'm gonna have to say lynn bias uh, very similar I, I can't yeah. argue that I I can agree with that too because it's like yeah. it's like everybody like a what role showed leading up to the MVP and then what happened afterwards is like not just in the numbers like if you look at his um, statistics as far as like efficiency and everything before he tore his ACL even though that was like an injury laden season he was having a better season than his MVP year like he was it he was it mm-hmm. Lauren Hill to compare that. This album was it. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill was it. Yeah, yeah. And yep. it just, everything else took her away from it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and look, to all the, you know, the, the beehive and stuff like that, y'all could whatever, do what y'all do, but it's out of respect. I'm saying when you look at, when you separate the two, uh, Beyonce got the move, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And she, she, she got the body as well. Lord knows she has the body. Um but when you, when you really break down Lauren Hill, like you said, she could sing and she had bars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what separated her from Beyonce. And I, like I said, if she would have stayed on track, she would have definitely been she would have definitely been mentioned in that top. I want to say I'll give her top seven uh, all time performers. That's that. and when you look, it's funny because I was about to say, and you, you're right because. What Lauren, what Lauren Hill could have done other than Beyonce is that once the singing or she could have mixed in rap, she could have she, her albums could have been so much that it would have been almost unlike anything that we've seen before. Um, Beyonce started slowly mixing in the rap herself, but Lauren Hill is so much more of a better rapper than that. It's like 
what she could have done, there aren't too many people that could have done that. You can throw out the Drakes for singing. First of all, Drake isn't the singer nor the rapper that Lauren Hill was. You can you right. can at me if you want if you want to do that. Like it just it just sucks because it's like you we we can sit here and speculate all day of what it could have been, but it sucks that we don't we only have one album. We don't have anything else to judge that off of. I'll even say this, uh, and I don't mean it to put I don't I don't mean to put this on her shoulders, but she's the reason why females are not respected in the rap game like it is. Wow. I I think I think because I hold her so high that she could have opened up that door and a whole new wave of artists would have came in. A whole new wave of female artists would have came in. Wow. That's deep. Cuz she said it she set a different example. Yeah. She was on both sides. She was in both categories. Yeah. And she was great. Not good. She was great. And then also it's like her legacy because some people look at her as the reason the Fuji's broke up. So that plays into it too. So it's like either side of it, you just it it sucks, man. It sucks that somebody who was such a talent that their career is so uh marred by 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 stuff like that. But you know, I mean we set our piece on it. I got nothing left on it. Bailey, you got a surprise topic, man, that's going that's going <laughs> We we about to it. get so much hate mail for this, bro. But go ahead and present it. Well, I was thinking about this. Uh actually I can't even take all the credit. So shout out to to one of my personal friends, my boy T.O. Uh, he he sent us a text in a group in a group chat and it said uh, better catalog Eminem or E40. Now when you first glance at it, it's like come on, come on, bro, let's let's stop playing around. But you have to really break it down though. Who has the best catalog? Not who has not who's the best lyricist. Who had the well? I mean, I guess catalog and career can't be tied into it because I said E40 had the better all overall career as well. He has the catalog better too. Now I know I know a lot of people is going to say, well, he has longevity. That's true, uh, but when you break down, and I don't have the list in front of me. I wish I did. But when you break down the list, first of all, I, I don't have to break down Eminem's uh, album list. I already know after Marshall Mathers LP, it's it. You could chalk it up. That's to all the Eminem stands out there. After Marshall Mathers LP, that is it for that guy. Now. The reason why he has been hanging around for a long time and his name has been praised is because he fell asleep. He fell asleep and we've waited for him to come back, just like Andre 3000. We wait for those type of cats to wake up, give us a verse. Hop on one of those popular singles and give us a verse. Uh, Whereas E-40 has given us album after album after album. And true indeed, not all the albums that he have are classic. I counted five. He got about 25, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I counted five classic albums, and he has a lot more. He has a lot more songs than Eminem does. Way more, way more. So, I mean, look, I mean, it is what it is. And the feedback that I've gotten from it, I was actually surprised. I knew, I, I, I felt like it was going to be a lot more <laughs> Eminem stands, um, you know, coming to his defense and things like that. But I put in hashtag. This has nothing to do with lyricism, just strictly. And I think, and I think that, that that's that's the part that makes this different. Because if we're talking about lyricism, I love E Forty, but he doesn't hold a candle to Eminem as far as lyricism. Right. But when we're talking about catalog, when we're talking about song, what you can sit back and listen to and bump. If you take, if you if you looked at all their catalogs and you took the songs that just the songs from the catalog that would make it to your personal playlist. E40 is going to have more. And when you first presented this, I'm like, 
bro is crazy. He's losing his shit right now until I spent the time really breaking down. And the thing is, too, is that because of the type of music E-40 makes, his music catalog has aged better. Uh-huh. Because a lot yes. of the shit from Eminem's early career would not play right now. Um, so, like, I don't think you're as crazy as I initially thought you presented it because, yeah, E-40 has been making great music for, what, 25 years? Yes, yes. And you got to tell me right now, in what setting, environment, are you going back and saying, yo, 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 throw that M on? Exactly. Exactly. I you think, know what I'm I saying? Think M, M is for our, us hip-hop heads that love lyricism. That's for what you listen to when you're when you're at home or you're going through some shit. Like, you can listen to some, or if you just want to play back the classics. E-40 mm-hmm. is the one that you, if you if we have a house party, if we have a barbecue tomorrow, not a single fucking Eminem song is probably going to play. At all. At all, but you're gonna tell me when to go. Exactly, absolutely. We we got five on it, even though that's not an E40 song. But we got we got Come we on, got man. it. So like it's it yeah. Eminem's I mean uh, E40's catalog. When you stack it up, it has aged way better than Eminem's, and it has more. It's more versatility there. You it, the it, playback value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The playback value is out of this world. So I I like I said, I came in here. I well, initially I was prepared to argue with you. But in actually, in, in, in actually leading up and, and and looking at it objectively, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, because it's like reheating pizza. You want this cheese pizza, or you want the cheese pizza with pepperoni on it? It's pepperoni pizza we're going for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But let us know, listeners, how you feel about it. Do you guys think Baylor's batshit ass crazy? Uh, send us some emails, thebreaksradio at gmail.com. You can also follow us collectively at thebreaksradio on uh on twitter uh anything left Baylor? any parting words well before we get off that topic the reason why well how it came about um it sparked an idea so again shout out to my boy to but it is going to change how we think about about actually i think it's something that we need to implement when we when we talk about ranking our best rappers of all time and I'm not saying that E40 is going to be bumped up a notch and Eminem is going to come down. I'm just going to say we have to start respecting a lot, a, a lot more artists. We go to the we go to the heavy hitters real quick. You know, we, it's it's easy to say Eminem, Andre 3000, uh, Black Thought, all of them are you know top ten easy or whatever. But at the same time, you got to start acknowledging these other rappers that came before them and some of them that came after. Yeah, and I mean, E-40, he's literally been around through, I said 25 years, but it may be even longer than that, bro. He may he may be three decades in, man. Oh, man. And he said his, his last album that dropped, I found at least five songs on it that I like, that I'm playing like repeat value already. I'm not calling it a classic album, not at all. But those are some classic tracks that he got. There you go. Well, that's it, Baylor. Tell the people where they can find you because – I feel like some people's heads may explode just off hearing it. But really, seriously, if you if you're like me, you hear that and you immediately start being like, "Nah, these niggas is crazy." Really, sit back and objectively look at it. But <laughs> baby, tell the people where they can find you. Well, if they mad off of that, they really gonna be mad off of this. I'm sick of you cats sitting up there on your couch, and I'm sick of the media uh, 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 with this I, I, the, the audacity to sit up there and have a complaint, a problem with a man supporting his son too much how do you support your son too much i'm talking about lebron james cats is sitting up here pissed off that this man is in a layup line dunking 
on you know with his child's AAU team saying, well, he's taking away the uh, the spotlight and a moment from his son. Look, I'm not. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not there personally. His team has played against my son organization before. Um, and I'm gonna tell you like this: Bronny has built a following for himself, but his dad is LeBron James. It doesn't matter where that cat goes. We know who his dad is first. So his dad is going to grasp all the attention regardless. If he sat on the bench, when I've, you know, it's been plenty of times I've seen Kobe Bryant's daughter play. Nine times out of ten, they're not even watching his daughter. They're watching Kobe sit on the bench. So it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't understand how we're getting upset about something that really doesn't affect us. And if his son doesn't have an issue with it, why do we have an issue with it? We re- we're really mad that LeVar Ball, LeBron James, love their kids that much, that they support their kids that much. We really have a problem with that in America. We have mass shootings every goddamn day, sexual harassment on set, and we're mad that these two men are supporting their kids too much? Yeah. Seriously? It's gotten to the point where we can't do anything. First it was we're not in we're not even in their lives. We're absent. But we're mad because this man is doing dunks in a layup line with some 13 and 14 year old kids. And somehow that's taken away from, you know, or he's over celebrating. Hey, you have a son that plays basketball. Right now you go to one of his games, he throws it off the backboard and dunk it. I guarantee you you're not going to sit there. You're going to be out of that damn stands, and you might you might lose a shoe. Exactly. Because you're watching your seed grow up before you doing something that you grew up love watching. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think pe- people are so quick to quit it, and I used to be one of them. Like I, I honestly, after my after the whole Miami thing, I was such a big LeBron James criticizer. But like people ha- are so quick to like throw this man under the bus for, like he's still a normal person. Like don't get me wrong. Like that's that man's son. He's watching his son accomplish something in, in like you said, in a in something that they share together. That 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 love of of sports between a father and son is fucking amazing. It's unbreakable. It's it's a feeling that, hey, I said this on my, I said this on my sports show. One of my son's teammates hit a, a game tying field goal. No seconds left on the clock. I was the first person to run on that court. He's not even my damn son. Yeah, that's how. Because we had passion for the game. When my son got caught an interception and ran it back for a touchdown, guess who was on the guy in the in the bleachers running with him? That's me. So if Braun wants to put videos of uh, uh, videos of himself saying Taco Tuesday, having fun with his family, why are we upset at that? Why? I don't care what he does on the court. You can criticize him for that. I, I criticize him for that. All the shit that he did to go to Miami, this, that, and the third, and when he leaves the team, he destroys the franchise. I get all that. But we're talking about a grown man that's raising his family, and he's supporting his son. He's having fun with his family, and we're mad at that. And then the first thing that I want to bring up is that it takes away from from his son's team. I don't think if, if it was really an issue – then I'm pretty sure they would have said something. And if it's taken away from the other team, and yeah, that's just what it is. Yeah, good point, if man. You got, if you got any complaints about me complaining about y'all complaining about LeBron James uh, at Bailey the Great on all social media, really on Twitter, that's where I get you know Twitter. You can get filthy in Twitter. Instagram, I like to keep it a little you know at least at least PG thirteen. A, a little bit. Uh, but Twitter, if you want to come at me, come at me. You know what I'm saying? E40 and LeBron James. That's where I'm at. 
there you go. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. And again, you can follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio. This has been another episode of the best hip-hop culture podcast around. We we came with some heat this week. We came and with I'm some not, heat. I, I'm, not, I'm not even normally mad like this. <laughs> Half of the reason I'm mad is because y'all mad, y'all upset for no reason. The other reason why I'm mad is because I'm on this damn keto diet. And I ain't had no sugar in a while. <laughs> so that's about it. Well, that's it. We'll see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me when to go. 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 So shake them. I ain't got none, but I'm planning on growing some. Imagine all the Hebrews going dumb, dancing on top of chariots and turning tight ones. Ooh, tell me when to go. Talking on my getro on my way to the south. My second or third trip. Some Henny, some Swishers, and some Listerine strips. Dr. Green Thumb lips just to ease my thoughts. Not just the cops, but the homies you gotta watch. The moon is full, look at the dark clouds. Sitting in my scraper watching Oakland going wild, ta I don't bump mainstream, I knock underground. All that other sh- sugar coated and watered down. I'm from the bay where we hyphy and go dumb. From the soil where them rappers be getting they lingo from. Ooh. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go.